Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard, I'm wearing maroon. I hope you are as well. Mississippi State, a home baseball series with Princeton. We'll preview that later in the show. And of course, Mississippi State men's basketball with a big win last night over South Carolina. Um, kind of the rubber game between the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs that went the way of the Maroon and White. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Frank Martin now. I suspect they hang on to him for the reasons we mentioned earlier in the week. But uh, anyway, a good win for Mississippi State. They live to play another day. It's important. It is. No matter what happens with a coaching change, 
We always want to see Mississippi State win. Good, bad, indifferent, no matter the circumstances, we always pull for a win. Got a big one last night. Very happy to see that. Also, Mississippi State closing in on a women's basketball hire. We'll have a segment of the show kind of bringing you the latest updates on all of that. I think we're very, very close. Could, could it come this weekend? Would it be announced Monday? I was told yesterday that we could have a hire within 48 hours. I know there are a lot of opinions about what should happen. There will be a lot of opinions about what will happen. Many of them may not be positive. Just because of the fact, I think some people are very invested in uh, the Doug Novak uh, situation. And I don't know if that's the way we go. I said that on the show several times. Doug went from being not really a candidate to kind of coaching the team into some potential candidacy. And I do think things are kind of trending away from Doug Novak today. That's not to say that things can't change. But as we sit here today, I do think Mississippi State will go outside the program to hire a new women's basketball coach. And again, there have been some developments in this over the last uh, month that have currently uh, made Doug Novak a favorite among some of our fans. But the reality of it is we can't be prisoners of the moment. We have to think about what is best long-term for the program. And so we'll get into that a little bit later uh, in the show, to say the least. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. It's I'm always grateful for them. Because every time that I go to Bulldog Burger Company, I know that I'm going to get a great quality meal. I know that things are going to be wonderful. I know that I'm going to get more than what I pay for. That's not the case. Just look at the gas pump these days. You're paying a whole lot more. A whole lot more than what you're getting. Bulldog Burger Company, much different situation. You go in there and you sit down, you get a great meal at a great price with great service and a great location, and you're going to get a great portion. You're going to get more than a great portion. You're going to absolutely get more than you pay for it. There are very few places of which this can be said. Bulldog Burger Company, one of them. Uh, You can have the Sloppy Joe sliders. I'm a big fan of those. You can have that great restaurant-quality hamburger. You can have a great salad. I'm partial to the BLT Grilled. You can get it fried if you want to. I like it grilled. It's a wonderful place to do business. It's a wonderful place to take your family for a night out or perhaps just you know meet the guys or girls. Make it in an evening. You can have an adult beverage there. A lot of beers on tap. You can get a chocolate shake to go. So it's got something for everybody. And here in Starkville, you can even sit outside. How cool is that? Three great locations to serve you right here. University Drive in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and the brand new one, Lake Harbor Drive there in the Ridgeland Flowood area. Be sure and go check that out. You folks from Madison, Brandon, you've got a Bulldog Burger Company of your own there right in your own backyard. Be sure and go check it out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's get up to speed on the SEC men's tournament. Maybe you have not paid special attention. But let's go back to Wednesday. You know, we previewed the, uh, the Wednesday matchups a little bit on the tournament. I can't say it was a surprise anywhere as the chalk held. Ole Miss loses to Missouri 72-60. The Rebels end the season 13-19, 4-14 in the SEC. As I've shared with you guys many times before, Ole Miss, not good at sports. And especially men's basketball, not good at sports. You could argue that your first team eliminated. And then Georgia, of course, uh, loses 86-51 to Vanderbilt. 
pretty lopsided score there. Georgia, a 6-26 and regular season and a 117 record in the SEC. Among the worst seasons in modern-day SEC men's basketball. Absolutely horrendous. Tom Crean, of course, out at Georgia. Not sure what Tom will do with his spare time now. I'm sure he'll get a nice buyout, can take some time with his friends and family. A lot of discussion that Dennis Gates from Cleveland State is emerging as one of the priority candidates for the job in Athens. I think that helps Mississippi State. You know, McMahon, of course, at Murray State was mentioned in connection with, you know, should Georgia, and we expect Georgia to make a, a change, and Florida both be open, that he would be candidates for those jobs. It looks like Florida is going to remain closed for a year. It looks like Mike White should be okay there. Uh, despite the fact they lost last night. But the reality of it is, I think Mike White probably hangs on for a year. If they do open up, I think McMahon's a candidate for that job, certainly. And he should be. Guy's done a great job there at Murray State. But that's the first two games. So Georgia and Ole Miss now done with men's basketball. It is officially full-time baseball season uh, at most of those places. Women's basketball still... uh, Still some games left to play, but on the men's side, it's over. Looking at last night's games and yesterday's games, you know, Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse pulled off a pretty major upset last night, taking down Alabama, 82-76. Look at Vanderbilt. Two games away. Two games away. Pretty crazy. But it's 82-76 winners for Vanderbilt. They're 17-15, 7-11. And Vanderbilt ends Alabama's regular season. Alabama certainly will be in the NCAA tournament. But 19-13 regular season, 9-9 in the league. And then they're, they're, they're one and done in the tournament. We talked about on Wednesday that I thought Alabama could be a dark horse in this tournament. It's over. LSU takes down Missouri 76-68. A real, a real tussle there, too. Missouri... Expected to make a coaching change. Quanzo Martin, of course, uh, finishes a regular season 12 and 21, 5 and 13 in the league. And LSU, Will Wade, the American gangster, continues to move forward. It'll be interesting, as I mentioned on Wednesday's show, what is known about that notice of allegations with LSU. A lot of people are still kind of in denial about that. It's like, oh, nothing's going to happen. No, no, something always happens when you go before the committee on infractions. It may not be what, you're, what you deserve, but something's going to happen. Texas A&M takes down Florida 83-80. to The Florida Gators will now await uh, their postseason fate. Could have used a win to put themselves in a better position to make the NCAA tournament. I think this is probably a seven-bid league. Florida finishing ninth in the league and then losing to number eight A&M probably means NIT for the Gators. Probably. I don't think A&M makes it in without another win, or maybe even two. And, of course, Mississippi State takes down South Carolina. Really an impressive fashion. We've talked about the Bulldogs' inability to close this year. This was, without a doubt, the best closing segment of a basketball game the entire season for Mississippi State. A great job by Ben Howen and the staff to close out a game. South Carolina, of course, now ends the, uh, their regular season, 18-13. Of course, 9-9 in the league and then one and done in the SEC tournament. So let's take a quick look back at that game. Pretty interesting. 
I mean, it really is. I mean, the reality of it is, is that, uh, you know, there's been so much uh, speculation about Ben Howen's future. You know, the players could have easily quit. You know, State had lost three of the last four. You know, the one win is over this red-hot Vanderbilt team. But, you know, State's been very competitive. You know, and you go back and look at the at the year. You know, outside of uh, that Texas Tech game, you know, State's right there with everybody. You know, had a big blowout over Ole Miss earlier this year. But, uh, you know, we have been there. We've been right there. We just haven't been able to close. We did last night. So, real quickly here, we'll take a quick look at this. Uh, you know, it's a two-point lead for State, 36-34 at the break. But that that is not really indicative of, of the job that State did in the first half. You know, South Carolina went to work on this thing. You know, State got the early lead. And then all of a sudden you look up, you know, and it looks like South Carolina, you know, might actually take control of the game early. But State said no. No, it's not it's going to work out. I guess the South Carolina lead was uh, maybe six. Maybe that's the largest lead they had in the first half was six. I guess seven. They were up seven at one point. But the state closed out the half in really good fashion. You look at that last six minutes, you know, state is down one at 617. And the next thing you know, Tolu would lay up, put state up two. Garrison Brooks would lay up, put State up four. And then we just kind of nursed that lead along into the final two minutes. South Carolina actually took a, a, a short lead at 34-32 with a minute a minute 07 to go. Garrison ties it up. And the next thing you know, we knock down a free throw uh, to give State the lead. And uh, Iverson makes the other one. And so it is a two-point lead for the Bulldogs. And again, South Carolina came out, I thought, really with some fire. But the Bulldogs matched it. Pretty impressive. I mean, I, honestly, I have been critical at times this year of Ben Howland, but we were ready to play yesterday. There's no question about it. We were ready to play. And then State comes out, comes out of the locker room absolutely on fire with uh, 16.53 to go. The lead is nine. South Carolina did not score until 16.37 and make a free throw. So the very first few minutes of that second half, State controlling both ends of the floor up eight is 16.37. Pretty good start defensively. The lead swells to 10. Then Eric Stevenson rams home a three, and then next thing you know, there's, there's a bit of a run here. A dunk by Devin Carter cuts it down to five. The lead gets down to three. Devin Carter, kind of a one-man wrecking crew right there for, uh, for the Gamecocks. And rather than wilt, State rises again. Pushes your lead back out to seven. They miss a three. Next thing you know, we're kind of trading some empty possessions. Uh, they do get it down to five. And then State, at the nine-minute mark, State's back up nine points again on an Iverson-Molinar layup. South Carolina got very reliant on the three-point shot in this ballgame. Didn't work out. Shaquille Moore says, you know what, I can get it. 744 mark, he knocks down at three. State is up 12. At this point, you know, we're listening to the game, and I'm kind of getting optimistic that we're going to be okay. Because usually it's like we kind of go back and forth, the next thing you know, it's right around the four-minute mark. We kind of lose our composure. Just wasn't the case. It helped that we were up 14 points with just over six minutes to play. The lead then goes to 16. And, again, South Carolina still jacking up these threes, not connecting. 
The state lead is now 18 with 417 to go. And, and here's the thing, too. On, honestly, we could probably have pulled somebody out of the stands to coach the final four minutes up 18. And that's not any disrespect to anybody. But, again, State showed some killer instinct and said, you know what, hey, not today, guys. We're not going to get into this situation where we have to sweat this thing out, the final four minutes. We're going to take care of business. And they did. They really did a great job of getting some separation and then maintaining and building that league. Up 18, South Carolina makes a couple of free throws here to kind of start inching back a bit. And then State immediately, you know, back-to-back free throws some uh, Garcia and Molinar makes it a 19-point lead with 2.22 to go. At this point, there was no doubt who was going to win. It was just going to be about what the final score was. And then at this point, South Carolina in desperation mode just and just can't connect from outside. Just can't get it done. It is a 73-51 ball game with a minute 10 to play, and neither team scored in the final minute. So great job by the Bulldogs rising to the occasion and keeping their season alive. Every reason to go in here and just kind of mail it in. Didn't do it. Absolutely didn't do it. Great job. Let's take a quick look at the numbers, and we'll look ahead to Tennessee. How about that? All right, looking at the box score from last night's game. Tolu Smith, uh, 20 points of action, 20 points for him in 30 minutes of action. Uh, Tolu, down the stretch, has been the Tolu we expected him to be. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, No question about it. 20 points. 12 rebounds, seven of those on the defensive end, uh, four of seven from the line, and eight of 14 from the floor. Iverson Molinar played 32 minutes. Uh, you know, six of 20, you'd like to see that shooting percentage go up, but State did such a good job on the glass, it didn't really matter. He also made a three-point basket. We were three of 11 uh, from three. Six of seven from the line for him, pulled down a couple rebounds. Uh, four turnovers and just two assists. So not, not necessarily an elite game for Iverson, but I thought down the stretch he did some big things. Shaquille Moore, need contributions from him. You get 10 points and five rebounds. That's probably a stat line you can live with every night. Garrison Brooks, 31 minutes of action, five rebounds, nine points. You'd like to see him play a little bit better against Tennessee. We're going to have to have him play better in order to beat Tennessee. But again, it's a W. Which brings us to Anderson Garcia, who is your Prime Shrimp player of the game. If you're unfamiliar with Prime Shrimp, you need to go check him out today at primeshrimp.com. These guys have been doing in the shrimping business for since the 1940s. Pretty impressive group down there. Here's the thing, too. I absolutely love the fact that I can have high-quality shrimp without a lot of fuss. You don't have to peel them. You don't have to devein them. There's not a lot of cleanup. It's pretty simple. They send you these great packages there's this pouch with ready-made shrimp you boil the water you pour the shrimp in 10 minutes later boom it's like you're on bourbon street it's incredible no mess no prep pretty awesome and it ships straight to your door and it's so well packaged you can leave it outside all day you don't have to worry about coming home to a mess flavors that are available right now is the signature season the french quarter alfredo and then the louisiana bowl that's a new one Pretty excited about all of them. I've had them all. They're outstanding. And you get a money-back guarantee. And orders over four pounds ship for free. That's a pretty cool thing. And we're going to give you some incentive, too. Use promo code BONEYARD. Save yourself a little money on that first order. And here's the thing. It is a risk-free purchase. If you don't love it, you get your money back. How many things in life you can try food and if, ah, it's just okay. Get your money back. It's outstanding. Great food at a great price. Ship directly to your door. PrimeShrimp.com, promo code Boneyard. 
Anderson Garcia started the game. And the thing about Anderson Garcia, too, is he, he is not a prolific scorer. He is not a great free throw shooter. But he brings energy. He brings energy and effort every time out. Anderson Garcia, 24 minutes of action, one of three from the floor. Five of six from the free throw line, which is outstanding. He's usually around 50%. He pulls down 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds, which leads a team. He did foul out of the game. Four assists, one turnover, a couple of blocks, a steal, and seven points. But, you know, here's the thing with Anderson Garcia. You know he's going to give you 100%. When we signed him, people were thinking, yeah, maybe he'll be a good role player. I don't know that he's ever a star here from a scoring standpoint. But when you look at the fact that this is a guy that plays basically with reckless abandon at times, you know, he's in there jumping with the bigs, and he doesn't care. He's like, you know what, I'm going to get this rebound. Thought he was a real difference maker in some games this year. And uh, I thought last night he really gave State a lift. Derek Fountain, uh, some of his most extensive action in recent weeks, 12 minutes of action from him, one of two from the floor, knocked down four big free throws, though. A couple rebounds and assists to turn over six points of action, six points of scoring, pardon me. Uh, Cam Carter, 12 minutes himself, uh, pitches in two points. DJ Jeffries, 17 minutes, not in the starting lineup. Garcia starts in his place. Uh, DJ does not score. Going to need some contribution from DJ in the scoring column. Either way, he is a good defender, but we're going to need a little more from him. Cam Matthews, just six minutes of action, did not score, uh, pulled down one rebound. Emptied the bench late, which is kind of a cool thing. Isaac Stansberry gets in the ballgame. Justin Rump, Tyler Brumfield. Javian Davis hadn't played much. Only played the one minute last night. Not sure what's going on with him, but the reality of it is State wins. It, we win. That's the big deal. 22-point uh, win there. And State, you know, really, in most, if you look at like the, all the, the issues here, won in just about every aspect. 42 points in the paint. South Carolina to 16 State 19 points off turnover, South Carolina just nine. State with 17 second chance points, South Carolina with just three. State with 14 fast break points, South Carolina with nine. State has eight from the bench, and then Carolina gets us there 12. Uh, Pretty much an even game the first few minutes, but from there it's like State just said, okay, listen, we're going to win the day. We're going to find a way to win the game today. I think it's in a song somewhere. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. 
So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, let's take a quick look at uh, Tennessee. That's next. You know, that's the thing. Every game gets bigger from here, and not just because of the fact that um, it's the next game in the tournament. It's the fact that you're, you're going to play some teams that are locked in. You know, Tennessee, obviously, uh, going to be in the NCAA tournament. They finished the regular season with a 23-7 and record, 14-4 and in the league, which is good enough for second in the league, a game back of winning an SEC championship. You remember we played those guys early in the year, and a lot of people, including myself, didn't think it would be much of a game. State only state loses 72-63 uh, in Starkville. Thought we had a shot. Just didn't work out for us. But since that time, Tennessee has lost just one game. They take down Vanderbilt 73-64. They beat Kentucky in Knoxville, 76-63. They lose at Arkansas. Many of you maybe watched that game, 58-48 at Arkansas. Arkansas is an incredibly hot team right now. And then they close out the regular season with four consecutive wins, taking down Missouri, Auburn, Georgia, Arkansas. All those games very competitive, with the exception of the Missouri game. They beat those guys by 19 in, in Como. The Auburn game in Knoxville was big for obvious reasons. Kept the SEC race alive until the final week. Uh, but the reality of it is, this is a very, very, very good Tennessee team. I don't think there's any question about it. I think we all knew that when we played them. We, you know, we kind of thought, you know, this we're running out of opportunities here. And maybe we can get Tennessee. But the reality of it is, Tennessee was better than us. Now we get them on a neutral floor. And, and in many respects, I think you look at this thing, this team, as many of these guys are you know, playing to extend their season, but in some respects, their career. Of course, you've got a very motivated Ben Howen. You know, it's um, it's part of it. You know, it's a business. The reality of it is, is that uh, can Mississippi State beat Tennessee? Yes, they can. Will they beat Tennessee? I don't think so. 
but crazy things happen this time of year, which is one of the reasons that we love it. We love March Madness. We watch games between teams we no longer care about, and we find ourselves pulling for chaos. We pull for the underdog. We love Valparaiso and Weber State and people like that. Coppin State. We love all that stuff because it's craziness. We like to see these mid-major teams pull major upsets. You like to see brackets busted. It's what makes it such a fun time of year. You never know what to expect. All right, so let's go back and look. You remember, remember Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, three three All-SEC players this year. Kennedy Chandler has been outstanding for them, uh, started 29 games for them, three-point percentage, uh, 36% or so, knocking down about 46% of his shots. Uh, leads the team 13.7 points per ball game. Santiago Vascova, Vascovi, pardon me, has started all 30 games, 13.5 points per game. A guy that is very prolific from the three-point line, shooting about 40%. Good free throw shooter as well. Also one of the leading rebounders, 4.6 points, 4, 4.6 rebounds per game. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, J, 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 Triple J. How about that? Pretty cool. This is a guy that's, uh, again, getting a lot of minutes for them, 28.3 minutes per ball game. Not necessarily a prolific three-point shooter, but a guy that does a really good job, 9.5 points per game, pulls down six, uh, 5.8 boards per game, which leads the team. Uh, Zakay Ziegler, we've talked about him. They're six-man, does a great job in every aspect. Doesn't start and is the fourth-leading scorer on the team, 8.8 points per ball game. John Fulkerson had a good game against us, and he is a guy that has been a part-time starter for them, pitching in 7.4 points per game. And so you've got a couple of guys that are not regular starters that are among the top five or six scorers on the team. Going to be a very, very interesting game for us. You know, neutral floor this year, Tennessee is just one and two. I don't know if that means anything or not this time of year. Outstanding at home, 16-0. and 0. And it's six and five away from Knoxville. And one or two. One of one and two on a neutral floor. Could we make it one and three? Why not? Let's have some fun. Let's make it crazy. All right. So looking at some team numbers here. Uh, the volunteers are averaging 73.6 points per game, which is a scoring plus for them for 10.3 outscoring opponents, allowing just 63.3 points per game. Pretty awesome. Uh, field goal percentage for them, they're shooting 43% as a team. Their opponent's shooting just over 40%. 35% from the three-point line. They make 8.8 per game. If they make double digits against us, we're going to be in trouble. Their opponents shoot 32%. Pretty good from the line at 71%. Uh, rebounding has been a positive for them. 37.3 boards per game. And we're a good rebounding team. Some of that is by scheme. Some of it's by personnel, but we're a team that'll get after the glass a little bit. We're going to have to win the rebounding margin to give ourselves a chance. Tennessee does a good job sharing the basketball, 16 assists per game. They allowed us 11.5. Uh, turnover margin is a putt, plus 3.7 for them. They turn it over 12.6 times per game, which is a really good number. And then, of course, they force 16. So, a uh, pretty good differential there for those guys. Uh, nine and a half steals a game. Four and a half blocks. 
pretty impressive stuff. And they play in front of some big crowds. You know, and you, you look at their schedule. You know, early on in the year, they lose to Villanova, and people are like, well, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean? They lose in overtime to Texas Tech. It's a team we know well, right? They beat us up pretty good. They lose at Alabama. They lose at LSU. They lose at Kentucky. Got absolutely shelled by Kentucky, 107-79. They lose at Texas in the Big 12 SEC shootout. And then they put together a nice little five-game winning streak before they, they take the L at Arkansas. And so they've won nine of the last ten. So this is a team, obviously, that uh, has a pretty good sense of itself. What always worries me about teams like this is just balance. When you can score from five spots on the floor, it makes you almost impossible to defend. And as much man as we run, you know, teams that are well-rounded and balanced like that tend to give us some trouble. They're a very athletic, long, and physical team. We'll see how things progress. But um, here's the thing. It's like you look at it and you say, okay, it's pretty much assured. We know we're not going to make the NCAA tournament. So let's have some fun. Let's cause some chaos. Let's go tear things up. And, of course, you know, the longer we play, obviously, it uh, you know pushes back a potential coaching search. I don't think there's any question that we're, we're near the end of the Ben Howland era. I think barring a run into the NCAA tournament, that the Ben Howland era is over. Hey, you know, if you win the SEC tournament and then go win a couple of games in a tournament, yeah, maybe. Maybe you give it a year. But I don't think that's the case. I, I really don't. I, number one, I, I, I think the road probably ends tonight. And I think that we're probably, you know, just a couple of weeks away from probably naming a coach. There'll be a lot of speculation, of course. Uh, but until that time comes, let's have a little fun. Let's get crazy, Ben. Let's go out there and just shake everybody up. Why not? Let's take a minute and thank our friends at Hawthorne. You know, those guys have been with me for a little while. They kind of come and go as they as they please. But I tell you, I'm always glad when they show up because uh, it reminds me I need to uh, check out the newest fragrances from them. And, and the cool thing that I love about Hawthorne is it's not a one-size-fits-all type deal. It's kind of tailor-made for me. You could take that great quiz, pretty impressive type stuff, it's science. That's what they told us to trust the science. Well, this is where the science works in your favor. There are a lot of people involved in all this thing. You know, you look at guys like Steph Curry, guy he can't live without body wash. Zach Levine has a chance to tailor his own perfect cologne. You can be like them. Take care of yourself. Upgrade your personal grooming game. Hot Thorn's a premium male groom, grooming brand that makes it quick and easy to be your best with confidence with skin care, hair care mages for you. They use data points from hundreds of thousands of customers to recommend perfect products for your unique body chemistry, skin type, hairstyle, and lifestyle. So lean on the experts at Hawthorne to upgrade your body wash, shampoo, and deodorant. Let me recommend a face cleanser and moisturizer to elevate your game. And, of course, they perfected the process to find your perfect cologne. That is, without a doubt, one of the best decisions that I have made in the last several years when it comes to grooming is using Hawthorne cologne. This is a personal testimonial. And I would tell you this out in public. You say, hey, Steve's just saying it because it's on the show. No, it's not. I have people all the time, Steve, you smell, you smell nice. And I joke and say it's my natural scent, but in many ways it is. You go take the cool little quiz. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, Hawthorne.co. Take the little quiz. They're going to ask you some cool things like what kind of drinks do you like? What do you like to eat? Do you like spicy food? Do you not? And then they're going to send you some cologne, and you're going to be amazed at how much better you smell because this fits you. 
There are a lot of people out there peddling cologne, and a lot of it's good. This is great. Simple as that. It's made for you. Again, that's Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Use promo code Boneyard and save 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Promo code Boneyard. Check it out today. All right, it's time for today's top 10 list. Love the top 10 list. You guys uh, really loved the Hinder list. And Roy was surprised. I was not surprised. I know Hinder's a great band. But I, I was a little surprised to find out that Hinder is now in the top 10. We've done about 350 of these. And now Hinder in the top 10. That's kind of interesting. I thought it would do well. Top 10? Wasn't sure. I guess Lips, uh, Lips of an Angel have really struck a chord with you guys. It's really good to hear your voice. How about that? So thanks so much for your uh, support of that great list. We've got a cool list again today. Of course, the top 10 list always brought to you by Close with Blair. Blair Chandler is a friend of mine. He will be a friend to you as well. The bottom line is this, is you've got a lot of people out there that want your business in the mortgage industry. Uh, Blair is the kind of guy that's earned your business. 21 years in the industry, there's no doubt about it. This is a guy that knows what he's doing. Nobody stays in the business of anything for 20 years. If you stay in that long, there's a reason. You know what you're doing. Blair in the top 1% close ratio in the country. You got the best guy working for the best company. That's Fairway Mortgage. Recently voted number one in customer satisfaction. Number two in closed loan volume in 2021. Pretty impressive. So here's the deal. If you're looking to refinance, maybe you're looking to um, buy a home for the first time. And maybe you're an atypical borrower. Maybe you're kind of a non-conforming borrower. And you need a special loan officer to kind of champion your calls through. That's Blair Chandler. Don't be scared. Give him an opportunity. So you know what, Steve? I've been told no so many times. I just don't know where to turn. You turn to Blair Chandler at closewithblair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Here's Blair's personal cell number. Not his secretary's number. Not his administrative assistant. Not some switchboard operator. This is his personal cell number. It's 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Closewithblair.com. All right. So looking to capitalize on the strength of our Hinder success, the top 10 list is going to give you one of your old favorites. Now, what's interesting is this band only released four studio albums before their lead singer left them. And uh, began a solo career of his own. I know many of you ladies are you know, big uh, Rob Thomas fans. I guess I get it. Uh, I really liked the first two albums from Matchbox 20. I thought they were great. It kind of trended more towards uh, kind of some adult contemporary. You know, I liked them kind of as an alternative rock band. And then they, they kind of began to soften over time. And I think that's really when they lost their allure. And then... Rob Thomas, of course, kind of capitalizing on the fact that uh, he had become such a cultural phenomenon. I mean, really, uh, with when he recorded Smooth with Santana, he actually wrote the song and roughed it out. And then when Carlos Santana heard Smooth, he felt that Rob was the best person to sing it. Pretty cool story there. Ends up being one of the biggest hits in Santana's career. But this is about Matchbox 20. You know, they hit the ground running with uh, that debut album, Yourself or Someone Like You, came back with Mad Season. The, the, the Mad Season copy that I have is like the cardboard fold-out 
CD. I guess I got I, I bought it like at Best Buy or Sound Shop or something, like the first day it came out. And so I've got the some kind of limited edition thing, and it looks like where, where the wild things are. Album three was More Than You Think You Are. And then the final album, you know, 10 years after Rob Thomas leaves the band, they reconnect and, and record North. Uh, so here we go with the top 10, top 10 Matchbox 20 songs. I hope you dig the list. I know all of you guys at some point had a favorite Matchbox 20 track. Uh, number 10, one that, that had some radio airplay off that very first album. And what's interesting, too, about you, you look at that album what was it, four times platinum? Yeah, absolutely. Four times platinum. No, I'm, I'm incorrect. That's Mad Season's number. Yourself or Someone Like You was certified at 12 times platinum, which makes it a diamond album, which anything above 10 times platinum is diamond. So Yourself or Someone Like You, over 12 million copies sold in the United States alone. That's, that's incredible for a debut album. I mean, that's almost... I mean, it's not as good, obviously, but it's almost it's up there like almost Guns N' Roses type numbers you know, with Appetite for Destruction. So at some point, chances are you had that album. But Bad to Good was one of the last singles on that album. Kind of a cool track, but um, not one of my favorites. I do think that album is uh, pretty significant. But uh, Back to Good was a Rob Thomas song. It was the number six track on the album, and I believe that was the fifth and final single from that album. But a good one, a good song, which is why it's number 10. And kind of looking at some numbers here, peaked at number 11 on the adult alternative songs list. The adult top 40, four. Ended up the year in the adult top 40 is three. So... Pretty good number, back to good for them. All right, number nine. This is a, a you know a relatively newer track, I guess, when you begin to think about these guys started recording in 1996. It's Bright Lights. Bright Lights is another one of those, you know, small town girl turned Hollywood queen type thing. You know, the Bright Lights, the big city. It's a good song. Again, it's, uh, I think Rob Thomas's vocal on this is actually one of the better of his career. I think he kind of found a little more of his range here. This is off the More Than You Think You Are album. This is another one, too, that the radio really, really pushed one pushed this. It just did not work out quite as well as, um, as the, the first two albums. And Again, I think that's part of the deal, too. Um, debuted at number six. Ended up being nominated for a Grammy that year. Uh, lost to the Foo Fighters. No shame in that by any stretch. But Bright Light's a good track. Uh, number eight, How Far We've Come. That's another one that uh, in some ways radio kind of forced on our throats just a little bit. You know, it's one of those things that I think sometimes like when you get like somebody has reunited or whatever, you know, and they're just ready to kind of get it rolling again. You get a lot of that. You know, you get a lot of that. Okay, they're back, they're back, they're back. You gotta love this, you gotta love this, you gotta love this. And um, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. But a good track. And um I thought it was a little disjointed in some respects, like with the rest of the catalog. You know, it's like they they really pushed the song and again it got a ton of uh of airplay. But I just don't know if that um you know, if that's really the one. 
Does that make sense? It's like, it's like I like it, but I don't love it. And here we are. Number seven, Unwell. Really liked this one a lot. There were probably times you could convince me that this was, uh, you know, one of the better songs in the catalog. I don't think there's any question that uh, it was a huge radio hit. And again, this is one that came a little bit later, you know, in, in their, you know, catalog. It's off the third album, actually released way back in 2003. But uh, a song that did exceptionally well on the charts, reached number five on the Billboard Hot 100. A lot of people like it. I don't think there's any question that uh, it was a live favorite for those guys as well. Number six, the one that started it for me. And the very first time I heard this song, I was like, well, who are these guys? And it's the song Long Day. There are times in my life that's been my favorite Matchbox 20 song. I, I love the part about, you know, reach down in your hand in your pocket, pull out some hope for me. It's been a long day. We've all been there at some point. But uh, I think this song was very relatable. I like the guitar on it. It's not real edgy, but it's kind of catchy. So Long Day, that's the first, that's a debut single off the debut album, the one that really introduced us to Matchbox 20, and, and it still holds up today. I think if you put, if you go back and listen to that album, you listen to the Long Day and some of the other tracks on there, to a, little, a little more rock-oriented, I think you begin, I think you really begin to miss Matchbox 20. All right, number five, huge, huge hit for them, If You're Gone. I think Rob Thomas's vocal delivery on this is absolutely outstanding. I think, again, it's a very relatable song. It's one of those things, too, that uh, I think there is some authenticity in Rob Thomas's vocal in this one. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think it's one of those things, too, where you, you, you realize it's not just a guy singing a song. It's a guy probably kind of opening his heart to us. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate people that can elicit emotion from their listeners and readers. Number four, it's uh, Real World, Living Life in the Real World. Pretty cool video, too. If you're unfamiliar with that, go check it out on YouTube. Lyrically, it's uh, one of their more interesting songs, too. Really catchy, sing-along type chorus. Number four, Real World. Number three, this may be, in my mind, the rockinest song in the catalog. I dig it a lot. I love the, um, the deeper bass line on this one. Of course, it's off Mad Season. I believe it was the debut single off Mad Season, which is Bent. Can you help me? I'm bent. I'm so scared that I'll never get put back together. This is a great song. It was huge on the radio. And to be honest with you, the fact that they don't play it as much anymore, I think is really a crime. I think, you know, everybody kind of goes with the, you know, relationship type tracks when they're playing the radio, even on Sirius XM, that sort of stuff. Let's just play the same three Matchbox 20 songs over and over again. I don't think this gets played enough. If you're unfamiliar with Matchbox 20, or maybe you've just heard one or two songs, and you're, and you're you're more like me, maybe you're maybe you're a long hair wannabe, you maybe you'd love to have, you know, 30, 40 tattoos like me. Maybe you do. This is the way to go. Go listen to Bent. Absolutely love that song. Number two, the most listened to song from Matchbox 20, according to Apple Music, is 3 A.M. and that's your number two song. It's 3 A.M. I must be lonely. At some point, we've all been there. And for some of us, that'll happen again soon. Very, very good song, very relatable. And I think that's one of the things that made Matchbox 20 so successful is they wrote these songs that people could relate to. Not a lot of cryptic speak and that kind of stuff. People just kind of understood. These were kind of like regular dudes from South Florida. 
I guess they were from Orlando. Guys from Florida, just kind of singing about regular everyday life stuff. And they did. And they sold a ton of records. And 3AM was a huge, huge hit for them. But number one for me, and maybe it is for you, is I just could not bring myself to put one of these, um, you know, lovey-dovey songs as number one. I went back to Push. Number one is Push. And uh, I thought, even though this song, you know, lyrically, is a little bit of a risk for them, you know, it's basically about, it's the, the writing in it is kind of creative, to be honest with you. Because basically, it's like, I want to be so comfortable with you that I take you for granted. I want to be so in love with you and that you're always going to be here that you're going to be here, that I can always count on you. And so it's, uh, it's a little different for them. And what's interesting about that, too, is there were a lot of people that thought that this was, uh, you know, kind of about a abusive relationship. And I guess maybe you could make that leap with it. But uh, I, I didn't I didn't perceive it that way. I didn't. Maybe you did. You know, that part about I want to push you around or whatever. I, I didn't take it that way. I think it's really more. Um, I think it's really more of. Um, it's a little more cryptic in that respect. And I know it's kind of a conflict from what I said before, what makes them so relatable. But, uh, you know, I look at some of these lyrics, too. It's like when you get to this part here where it says, uh, I want to take you for granted. Yeah, I will. She said, I don't know why you ever would lie to me like I'm a little untrusting when I think that the truth is going to hurt you. And I don't know why you couldn't just stay with me. You couldn't stand to be near me when my face doesn't seem to want to shine. It's a little bit dirty. Oh, well. Well, don't just stand there saying nice things to me because I've been cheated. I've been wronged. And you, you don't know me. Yeah, well, I can't change. Well, I won't do anything at all. So it's, uh, it's clearly about a guy that's conflicted, you know, or a lady that's conflicted. And at some point, we've all been there too. But guitar-wise, edge-wise, I think it's the triumphant song in the catalog. I know many of you will be like, well, Steve, I wanted the love song to be number one. No. No, this is kind of a twisted love song, but uh, still rather cool. So that's your top 10 list for today. I told you guys on uh, Monday we're going to go back and do, we're going to kind of revisit a list. We're going to go back and rank the top 10 albums from one of America's greatest rock bands. We did Ozzy on Monday, which did really well. It really did. Ozzy usually does well. You know, the Prince of Darkness, even in today's uh, sensitive times, is an undeniable force. But we're going we're gonna to be back on American Soul, doing an American artist, on Monday, ranking their top 10 albums, and then my favorite song from those 10 albums. So that's, it's a different take on you know, some, kind of some classic bands. And uh, many of you have said, hey, Steve, have you ever done this? When you're... And we have, but we're going to bring some of those more popular bands back, you know, legendary-type bands, and... Um, and rank the top 10 albums. So that, those, that's going to be our Monday feature. But if you have ideas for a top 10 list, reach out, let me know. All forms of social media, at Scout Steve R. Of course, you can hit Roy up too. Roy keeps the list. That might actually save me from being the middleman. Contact Roy directly on Twitter, at Dogmatic. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And he'll get you taken care of. He puts those lists on Spotify, and our friend Izzy Mandelbaum does it for you on Apple Music. So when Roy tweets it out, the response, the very first response, is usually the Apple Music list uh, from Izzy. And I thank those guys really performing that service for free. 
just kind of doing it for you guys to make it easy. Because I know a lot of people are like, hey, I would love to listen to these lists. And then thanks to Roy, we've been able to bring those things to life for you. So pretty cool thing. Again, ideas for top 10, reach out, let me know. Happy to do them. All right, let's uh, get into some baseball stuff. You guys okay with that? This segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmark. CampusBookmark.net, the way to go to find your home for online shopping for Mississippi State merch. A lot of people out there selling Mississippi State merchandise. A lot of people. But not many of them are Bulldogs. That's not to say that we don't have some great local vendors. We do. But there are a lot of people out there in the online shopping world that they're going to send you a crimson shirt when you ordered a maroon shirt because they don't know the difference. Let me, let me encourage you to shop with your friends at Campus Bookmart. They know the difference because they wear these shirts. They, they buy things they know that you'll like because they like them too because they're Bulldogs. Stand a man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, my friend, Miss Pam Menyard, they're all doing a great job down there. And remember Stand the Man. Stand the Man recently had a little trip and fall and uh, broke his arm, got a little beat up, leaving the ball game, unfortunately, and uh, saw Stan, and he's like, oh, I'm healed up some now. I think, my goodness, Stan, what happened? So if you're in there and it looks like Stan is a little bit out of commission, he is, but he'll be back. He'll be back into fighting shape before you know it. So go by and see Stan the man. Wish him the best. Stan is my friend. Think a lot of him and uh, the fine folks there at Campus Bookmart. Be sure and check them out at campusbookmart.net. By being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Of course, as you know, the Bulldogs uh, dropped game two against Texas Tech. We won't recap that today. That's kind of old news now. We've got a lot of other things ahead of us. So we got to get back on track sooner rather than later. This next stretch of the schedule, we got to get fat. We got to get fat while the food is being served. This weekend, Mississippi State's got to get a sweep. I'm, I'm just going to people are like, oh, we'll st-. no, no. We got to get a sweep. This is a Princeton team, but it's not very good. We are a baseball team that is, even though we have not played up to our potential. Uh, as you saw, Mississippi State going to move everybody up a day in the rotation. We've talked about that on the show. It's a possibility. So Preston Johnson will go tonight, Cade Smith tomorrow, and then it's TBA on Sunday. That could be any number of things. I don't want to speculate right now. A lot of it will likely depend on who's available in the matchups. But somebody's got to emerge. You know, this time last year, you know, Sarantola was, you know, back and forth, and Bednar was on the shelf, and Fristo got a chance to pitch, and he was not good uh, against Texas Tech. Good the week before, not good this week. Or, excuse me, good two weeks ago. Did not have a good outing against Southern Miss. Did not have a good outing against Texas Tech. Can you can you trust him back on the weekend yet? I think Jackson Fristo has it in him. I think Jackson's biggest issue is, uh, is sometimes Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's I think Jackson, it's between his ears sometimes. He has a live fastball. He has a good enough slider to get people out. I think it's just a matter of just kind of locking in and pushing through. Now, we saw earlier in the year, like Arkansas Pine Bluff, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, and he said, what's well, Arkansas Pine Bluff? No, it wasn't about the com- quality of competition. It was about the quality of pitches. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch the first part of the game when he was in there. I was on my way to book signing in Ruval. But, you know, Jim and Ron were both kind of complaining that the, that the, the plate was a little tight uh, for both sides. And so that's an option 
But, you know, but Jackson's got to show us something. Okay, let's just be honest. We're not just going to give it to him. Even though he made a lot of starts last year, you know, down the stretch, you know, he kind of hit the wall. I still think that he is a guy that can really help us. But he has struggled in his last two outings. So, you know, we'll kind of see, you know, what happens on Sunday. Uh, is that Parker Stanett? I don't know. Let's take a quick look at Princeton. And uh, in case you haven't heard, they are winless on the season. You can say, well, Steve, you know, Northern Kentucky, stop, stop. So they open up, and again, they have not played, you know, what I would call a marquee schedule by any stretch. They lose to Purdue 9-3 in a season opener. Then they lose 8-3, and then 4-3, and then 5-4. So they play two doubleheaders, and those games were largely competitive, especially the last two. And so pitching-wise, they kind of did a decent job. They go to Richmond, Virginia, and play Virginia Commonwealth and lose 2-1. to one. You know, you're one swing away right there. Big difference in that ballgame. So that's that's three consecutive one-run losses. Then they go to Bill and Mary and lose to William and Mary, 9-6. to six. They play at the Spiders of Richmond, 9-8. to eight. Again, it's a one-run loss. And then Old Dominion beats them 15-5. to five. They do end up canceling the uh, Wednesday game. But, yeah, you, you look at it and say, man, 0-8, they're awful. You know, I look at this, I say, you know what, hey, this is a team It's probably, you know, a game away from kind of putting some things together. I don't think you can take them for granted. Do I expect them to beat Mississippi State? No, I do not. But Mississippi State can ill afford to take anybody for granted. And, again, this is a team with four one-run losses in their eight. Four of the eight. It's not like they're getting ten-run rolled every game. So we can't just show up out there and just say, hey, we're here, you're in our yard, you're in trouble. Those guys are going to come down here just like everybody else we face this year and said, hey, if we can just go down there and get one, we've got a chance, you know, to feel kind of feel good about ourselves. They're going to need more than one, but the reality of it is they haven't even really got into their league play yet. So we got to go take care of business. We need a sweep. I'm, I'm, well, will Steve need to win a week? No, we got to get a sweep. We got to get back on track. This is going to be an APR hit, an RPI hit, excuse me, either way. Let's go get all three of them. A loss would be extremely detrimental. We got to get fat. We got to get fat while the food's being served. Let's take a quick look at their statistics. Nothing really just jumps out and you say, man, this is a team you got to be careful of. But, you know, pitching-wise, they have been competitive enough. Just haven't been able to get enough run, run support. All right, so Nader Lewis or Nadir Lewis hitting 500 and really leads them in everything. Eight runs scored, team high. 14 hits, team high. Three doubles, team high. Three homers, team high. 10 RBI, team high. Total bases, 28, team high. Seven walks, team high. Pretty impressive numbers. He even leads them in sacrifice flies, if that tells you anything. And stolen bases, two for two. So maybe we keep this guy off base. You keep him off base, it looks like the rest of the thing just kind of runs in your favor. Uh, Lewis clearly off to a good start, and you know he's not getting a lot of ABs, you know, compared to a lot of other people around the country because he's, you know, they're not they're not they're not betting the order around much. Uh, Brendan Cumming hitting 333 has started all eight games, uh, 11 hits, two doubles, and a dinger. Uh, they have five as a team. Excuse me, six as a team. Six as a team. So not a very prolific 
uh, power hitting team. And it's going to be really cold this weekend. I don't know that we see a lot of balls leave the yard. Uh, Jordan Kelly, a guy that's played in all eight games, started seven, hitting 333, nine hits for him, a couple of RBIs. Um, you know, you get all the way down the list here, and, and once you get you know below those guys, when you get below the regulars, you get you know three guys hitting 300 or better, and then it really drops off. They're not a good offensive team. Then that's as simple and nice as I can put it. It's 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 really rough. I mean, this is a team you look at and say, you know what, Steve, we got to find a way to win this thing. Now, guys, we got to sweep this thing. Uh, they're hitting 235 as a team, and I submit to you they haven't seen anything like Mississippi State pitching. Not that we're anywhere close to what we were last year. But they have not seen the quality of pitching they're going to see this weekend, at least from our starters. So we got to make take advantage of this and kind of right the ship a little bit, give ourselves a little juice, you know, going into SEC play. Nobody at Georgia is sitting around saying, hey, Mississippi State, I really feel bad for those guys. Just doesn't happen. If Princeton scores a run in the first inning this weekend, it'll be the first time they've done it all year. They have not scored a run. They have scored a lot late, though. They've scored 33 runs on the year, and 14 of them have come in the ninth inning. Isn't that a weird anomaly right there? And maybe it's because teams have, uh, you know, had a bit of a lead or whatever, you know, and they've played some uh, some younger guys. But that's that's incredible that 14, nearly half your runs have come in the ninth inning. Well, if you were a team that was winning, that would that would be an alarming statistic for your opponents. Yeah, you know, but looking at in the length of these games here, eight games that have been played, in the first three innings, they've scored three innings, com- three runs combined the entire year. That's in 24 innings. The first time through the order, three runs. And it's interesting looking at these you know, these numbers too. It's a, the thing that this jumps out to you is zero. Zero. They're averaging they, – they played all their games away from home, as the northern teams do this time of year. The average crowd they've seen, 391. Three, we, have, we have more than that go watch the club teams. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, 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 being, I'm using a little bit of hyperbole here, but the reality of it is, is that they, they haven't seen anything like they're going to see here. Pitching wise, uh, Jackson Emus, forgive me, Jackson, if I'm wrong there. Emus, Emus, Jackson, uh, 138 ERA, started two games. He's 0 and 1 on the year. 13 innings pitch, allowed just six hits, three runs. 19 Ks to three walks. This is a guy you're going to see. This is a guy that can pitch a little bit here. Started against Purdue. Started against VCU. Started against Old Dominion. Uh, actually um, is a dual position guy. Will uh, we'll, we'll pitch run and pinch hit a little bit. Actually started against Old Dominion as a position player. But two starts on the year as a pitcher. So you might as well, you know, if we're out there and this guy's pitching and we're scuffing a little bit, you know, the, oh, we, we can't even hit this guy. Well, that, you know, everybody's got an ace. And here they clearly do with him. You know, kind of looking at, at um, you know, what, what you've got here. You know, this is their Friday night guy. That's you know, as simple as I can make it. I mean, this is going to be, you know, what amounts to their Friday night guy this year. So, if this turns into a pitcher's duel tonight, don't be surprised. I think it's important to kind of understand that. And you got to respect opponents. And, again, look at that, those numbers. 
That's six to one. That's plus six to one strikeout to walk ratio. He's allowed two extra base hits this year. And again, this is a team that's winless. And you see that stat line for a guy like him, and you begin to realize this guy's got some ability. And you know what? If he has pro aspirations, he's thinking, well, I'm going to go up here and try to carve up the national champs. Andrew Delisio, 409 ERA, no record, two starts, 11 innings pitch, allowed 12 hits, eight runs, five of them earned, uh, three walks, three Ks. He's a pitch to contact guy. He's allowed three home runs this year. Also has a hit by pitch. And that may be one of the things, too, with, uh, with Emus, just looking at these numbers, too. Two wild pitches and five hit by pitches on the year. Opponents are hitting 133, but control appears to be a bit of an issue. Uh, Tom Chimalewski. Tom, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I've known a Chimalewski before. So if I mispronounce that, please, uh, please forgive me. Uh, 4.91 ERA, 0 and 1 on the year, a couple starts, 11 innings pitch, uh, 18 hits. So people are hitting him to a 375 clip. He's allowed seven runs, six of them earned, nine Ks to so just a one walk. As a starting rotation, they've walked just seven hitters. That's, that's, that's a pretty good number right there. Seven walks. And that's in uh, about 35 innings pitched. Not a bad number there. Punch-out numbers are not huge, you know, for their you know, game two and game three uh, guys. Just three for Delucio and just nine for Chmielski. Uh, so we ought to be able to put the ball in play, and that, that's going to boil down to what are we doing. Are we grounding out? Are we flying out? Are we hitting line drives? You know, what's the status of Luke Alexander? We'll find that a little bit later. Uh, they have had some relievers that have really struggled. I mean, really struggled. They have uh, got a handful of guys that have actually pitched this year. Uh, Reese Rabin, I think is the name. He has appeared in three games this year. He has an ERA of 17.18. He got 7.1 innings pitched. Allowed 16 hits, 14 runs. All 14 of them earned five walks, five Ks. Would like to see him. Keith Gabrielson, just the one appearance there, and actually got a win, which is, excuse me, he didn't get the win. He had one appearance, and uh, they don't have a win on a year. One inning pitched, and he gave up five hits, five runs. So they've got a lot of mop-up guys here, but when you look at this bullpen, the numbers are astoundingly bad. you got five guys down here with double-digit ERAs that have – and four of those five have multiple appearances. It's not like you had one guy that just had a bad inning. Uh, Eric Hoffer. 6.35 ERA, 5.2 innings pitch, allowed 12 hits, seven runs, four of them earned. So, you know, I can sit here and belabor the point as long as you guys want to. But this is not a great team, and it really doesn't matter if they are or not. We got to go get a sweep. We got to lock in and go get us a sweep this weekend. Get us three wins, begin to kind of feel good about ourselves. And let's take a quick look, you know, at what we were staring at here. You know, Bingington's coming in next week, too. You know, when I look at these numbers now, I begin to think to myself, okay, we are running out of opportunities in the non-conference to kind of figure some things out. You got Bingington coming in on Tuesday, and then we leave for uh, Athens, Georgia on Friday. Of course, I will be there. And uh, we'll probably record the Friday show Thursday night or Thursday evening. Uh, so I can get on the road, even though Athens is not a really bad drive. I don't, I don't want to get over there and get checked into the hotel uh, sooner rather than later. 
I know Chris Lamonis is a let's win today's game guy. I'm not coaching or playing in a game, so I can afford to get ahead of ourselves. We got to win these next four. We do. If we really have a chance to host, and people say, well, you know, the SEC schedule will take care of that. Yeah, that's true. But we can't absorb any more bad losses. We got to get all four of these. You know, right now you look at the schedule and you say, oh, you know, we'll state seven and seven. You, you win four and you're 11 and seven. You're still kind of behind the pace. But you got double-digit wins heading into SEC play. And then, of course, you know, the midweek schedule kind of eases up a little bit now that you're in the SEC play. You know, looking at the non-conference games ahead of us, uh, after Georgia, we play Southern. That's the University of the Jags. Arguably the best, the best SWAC program like, over the last 20 years. Jackson State's been really good. Southern, they came to Mississippi State and put us in a regional a couple years ago. That's the game we got to get. We go to Memphis on March 29th. It's a game we got to get. UT Martin comes here after the Arkansas series and before LSU. We get UAB that next Tuesday. Again, Jackson State, April 19th. And that's the final non-conference. Excuse me, no, it's not. We get Samford late and North Alabama late. Uh, but, yeah, we get, a, we get a break in there, too where we don't have the uh, we, we don't have a midweek game so we have an opportunity to kind of rest some arms there but we're running out of opportunities on these non-conference games and I don't care what anybody says non-conference games matter no matter what anybody tries to tell you in a national college baseball media midweek games matter do they matter as much as conference games absolutely not but go ask Notre Dame if not playing non-conference games matters it cost them a top eight national seed last year it was a bad precedent to set you know, they canceled all their non-conference games with the exception, I think, of two, Valparaiso and Central Michigan. And they saved all their pitching all week, all week long for the weekend. They should have won the ACC. You should have. Could you imagine? What if Arkansas had come out, or Ole Miss, LSU? Okay, we're going to cancel all our midweek games, and then we're just going to save all our pitchers for the weekend. People would lose their minds. But nobody said anything because Notre Dame was not a traditional baseball power. It kind of flew under the radar. So, when people say midweek games don't matter, we'll lose one of them. Lose one that you're expected to win and see what happens. you got to win these games. And so, when you start looking at these numbers, too, you win these next four and you can win these other non-conference games, that puts you in a pretty good spot. And you start thinking, okay, well, we got to pick up some that we – can we go 18 and 12 in the league? Yeah, we can. I think, honestly – if we just want to get bare bones with each other, honestly, I think 15. I think if we go 15 and 15 in the league, I think we're in. I think we get a regional somewhere as a number two, and nobody will want to play us because by that time, some of our younger pitchers will have grown up a little bit. Hunter Hines probably a double-digit home run guy by then. And so you start factoring these things in. Let's say, okay, let's say we go 15 and 15. All right, well, then – you know, that right there, that gives you 22 wins. If we get to 30, I don't think there's any question we're in. Well, Steve, come on, you're getting the great. Well, we got four ahead of us right here. Right? And then, again, I'm not going to run a schedule down for you again, but I, I think is this team capable of winning 30 ball games? Absolutely they are. I think they're capable of winning more than that. But I think when we begin to think about what's long-term, what's a postseason look like for us, 
I think you win. You go 15 and 15 in a league, and you win 30 games. I think you're in. I think we're better than that, but I know many people are saying, "Oh my gosh, we're going to not make the tournament." And and I love the people that that are just such casual baseball fans. It's like, well, I watch the College World Series. Why aren't we repeating? Yeah, you know, and we still may. I don't expect it. I did think we'd get to Omaha. I don't know that that's possible without Landon Sims, without some guys really stepping up. We are a regional team. Are we a host team? That remains to be seen. Are we a top eight national seed? It's going to be very difficult to get that unless somebody really steps up and does a great job for us pitching down the stretch. But the reality of it is we are still a very talented baseball team. We're not playing, you know, a bunch of walk-ons that we went and got out of Sanderson Center. These are guys that were recruited among the national elite. These are guys other schools wanted. It's like a lot of times we don't fully appreciate the fact that we are a blue blood in college baseball. So we always have guys. We do. It's just a matter of getting them developed. And, you know, poise is a bit of an issue right now. Young guys, like on the road last weekend, Brooks Auger had some good experiences, and then he balks in a run. You know, and he'll be better for that in the long run. He'll know better next time. And, and it's, you know – it's a difficult situation to be in for the first time. I'm a Brick Sauger fan. I'm a Brandon Smith fan. I listen, people are like, oh, he's kind of shaky. No, he wasn't shaky. You know, he elevated a couple balls in, in that game uh, against Texas Tech. But the reality of it is at that point the game was decided, and he's doing what you should do as a pitcher. You just pound his own when a defense make plays. He just happened to leave a couple balls up, and they touched him. Uh, the margin kind of allowed for some error there. But the reality of it is, is we're going to need Brandon Smith to be big for us too. You know, is he your Sunday guy? Don't know. But I know this. I know that Scott Foxhall is still the greatest pitching coach in the country. And I know that Chris Simonis is the only coach in our history to win an NFL championship. They know how to coach. They're going to get us right. Again, do we win the SEC? Not, not going to happen. We're going to win the West? Not going to happen. Our goal is to be playing our best baseball at the end of the year, and I'm confident that that's what's going to happen. Let's take a quick look around the league, kind of look at who all's playing. Um, so, at, you know, as I'm recording this, uh, Kentucky is taking care of High Point. Kentucky off to an 11-3 start. You remember last year they got off to a big start, too, and kind of faded down the stretch, and uh, those guys narrowly missed the tournament. But uh, and Nick, I think, has got them going in the right direction. But uh, likely going to pick up their 12th win uh, today. Vanderbilt will have uh, Wagner a little bit later today. Vanderbilt now 10-2 and on the year. Uh, South Carolina and Texas has been postponed. South Carolina 7-5 and five this year, and I think Chad and those guys need a big year. LSU 10-3, uh, they host Bethune-Cookman. And a lot of games getting moved up today in advance of this weather. Uh, Tennessee 12-1, and one, they will host Rhode Island. Ole Miss 11-1, uh, hosting Oral Roberts. I mean, I mean, a very ambitious schedule early on for those guys, for sure. Uh, Georgia 10 and 3 will host Lipscomb. Again, a lot of these games that were scheduled for the evening are going to move to the afternoon. Alabama looking to bounce back from a loss to North Alabama. How about that? Alabama 9 and 5 will host Bingington, who will uh, play out there and then head our way here in a couple days. And then, of course, uh, you know, Kentucky will get high point later, and then State has uh, Princeton. Uh, but, you know, a lot of doubleheaders being played. Today, so it'll be a lot of action. Florida hosting Seton Hall. Florida 11 and 3 on the year. Missouri 9 and 2. Beezer and those guys need to win. They last game they lost to Gonzaga. Uh, looks like they're going to go ahead and fold up tent here and, and uh, cancel today's game. I don't know what that means for the rest of the weekend. But uh, 
Auburn hosting Middle Tennessee State. Auburn 12-2 on the year. A&M 8-4. The Schloss era is real. Uh, They're taking on Santa Clara. They previously beat uh, Tarleton State. So a lot of interesting matchups here early on uh, as we finalize non-conference play for weekends and then get ready to go play next weekend uh, in the SEC. And I'll be headed to Athens, and uh, that will close out my SEC bingo card. I will have covered a game, Mississippi State game, on every campus in this conference. Uh, Not all baseball. I still have to do Kentucky and Missouri in baseball. But after Georgia, I will have covered a game in every SEC uh, campus that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say. It really is, especially considering how expansive the conference is these days. And uh, I love being able to get out and go see everybody else's baseball facilities. Number one, it gives me a greater appreciation for what we have. But also, too, I, I like to go talk with people because there are a lot of people. Like, we're just so proud of what we have you know, compared to what we used to have. There are a lot of schools out there that haven't made a real commitment to baseball. And uh, I like to see all the SEC baseball fans get out there and have a good time. It's a different brand of baseball in this part of the country. It just is. It's a different brand of baseball. And there is a real pride uh, with everybody that, of course, Georgia won an AFL championship, uh, you know, back in the early 90s. And, of course, Ron Polk went out there and coached for him after he retired from us. And then, we, of course, we take him back. You know, it's what sometimes people forget, you know, people, well, you know, Steve, I don't know. You know, we will go take your coach. That's what we do. You know, that's one thing we can do. We know, of course, Mike Leach, we take him from Washington State in football. But you, know, you go back and look at this. You know, Ron Polk was a sitting Power Five. Wasn't power, called Power Five back then. But he was a sitting coach at the University of Georgia. We brought him home. You know, John Cohen was a coach at Kentucky. We brought him home. We go get Chris Lamonis at a Power Five school like Indiana. We bring him home. You know, that's kind of what we do. And and you say, well, Steve, you're, you're bringing everybody home. It's true. You know, this is the park that Polk built, the one that Cohen played at, in the city where which Lamontis was born in. So, yeah, that's what we do. It's not a one-time thing. And you go back and you, you look over our history, and uh, I love talking Mississippi State baseball history. I do, it because there are so many great stories out there. But we're living a really good one right now. We're living one of the greatest, you know, runs of college baseball in our history. We've been to Omaha three consecutive years. You know, I remember those years that we were just hoping to make a regional. We knew we had no shot at Omaha. It's like, man, if we could just get the right draw, you just never know. Maybe we get a pitcher on a bad day or we have somebody pull something, a rabbit out of the hat. But this is a great era in which we're living in. You know, like right now you look at our fans, and they're all, you know, there, there is no patience in many respects. It's like, hey, we're 7-7. Seven and seven. We're the defending NAFL champions. And I had somebody tell me recently, and I hate to even say it because I know this person's listening to the show. They're like, we need to take all that NAFL championship stuff down. No. No, we don't. <laughs> no, no, we don't. No, we don't. That's not a distraction. It's a reality. And maybe, maybe, you know, some of this stuff is uh, got the guys pressing a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, it's my turn to lead. T.A. and Rowdy aren't here. i got to figure this thing out. But we're going to be fine. And when I say, well, Steve, divine, divine, define fine, we're going to be an NCAA regional team. I can't say with any confidence right now that we're going to host, but we're going to be in a regional somewhere. We're going to make the tournament. And that's the thing that I go back to. Again, nobody's going to want to see us because you all are going to show up. 
and you're going to take over their stadium, and it's going to feel like a home game for us in somebody else's park, we're going to be fine. Do we make it to Omaha? I don't know. I don't know. I got to say I'm concerned. If we still had Landon Sims, I wouldn't be nearly as concerned. And, again, we're still waiting for official word on a lot of that stuff, but uh, operating under the assumption that he's not going to be back. I told you guys last week, even if the MRI was negative, he's not pitching for a while. Certainly not this weekend. We just got to get Presto to go out there and get us a W. Simple as that. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. Breaking a dime, speaking of Diamond Dogs, my friend Brooks Bryant, part of a great group bringing a great residential development to Starkville. It's Portico. Very easy to get to. You turn off 82 on a 12. The very first ride is Pat Station Road. That'll take you to Portico. And you say, well, Steve, it sounds like a long way away. It's not. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. 1.1 miles away. And it's on the quiet side. It's on the quiet side. But it's convenient. You got that great neighborhood market right there on your way home. Get in there and grab that uh, loaf of bread, stick of butter, container of milk, get on to the house. You don't have to go fight all that craziness at the big Walmart. You don't have to do that. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. And uh, I've told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville now, this is where I would move to. And that's not hyperbole. I just begin to think, you know, how great would it be to be that close to campus? I'm out in the sticks, man. It takes a big a little bit of commitment. You know, and sometimes like you know how it is when you get home and you get your shoes off and you think, oh, man, I forgot this. You know, hey, if I lived in Portico, I could just, you know, slip on some flip-flops and ride over there to the store and get on back. It's not quite the commitment. It's a great community, very close to campus, around like-minded people, around Bulldogs. Many of you have thought about retiring here or having a place here. This is your chance. A lot of people out there got opportunities for you. This is the best one. Give Brooks Bryant a call today at 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. Make Portico your next move. All right. So based on some uh, in-town scuttlebutt, Mississippi State is very, 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 very close to finalizing a hire on the women's basketball side. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, Steve, it's got to be Doug Novak. No, it doesn't have to be Doug Novak. Does that mean Doug's not getting the job? That's not what it means. He still could get the job, but there are some other candidates that are being discussed. Now, I know there are some people that would say, well, I don't understand why we don't just give him the job? Well, let me. there's a few things that I'll say about that. Number one, that might not be the right decision. Just because it is the simplest decision doesn't mean it is the right decision. And, and I'll tell you from my experience of being a player and a coach, a player should never pick their coach, ever. And let me ask you this. When, let's take it back a couple of years, okay? Let's go to the Vic Schaefer years do you remember hearing our players talk about how hard they had to practice do you think they would have picked that i'm going to tell you no they wouldn't have picked it but steve we competed for championships yes and that's what makes all of the work tolerable you buy in is this is what it takes to achieve basketball at a high level I guarantee you, Morgan William, as much as she loved Vic, if you had given her a vote, 
to play for somebody else that had a different practice schedule, she would have picked that. She said in countless interviews that Vic Schaefer pushed her to the point that she had to decide if she wanted to play basketball or not. And ultimately, she had hit the biggest shot in the history of women's college basketball. But I don't know that she would have picked it. In hindsight, would she have picked it? Absolutely. But if you knew ahead of time, no, you wouldn't make that call if you're a player. You know, the practices under Vic Schaefer were more difficult than the games. The games were easy because we worked so hard in practice. Now, for a new athlete, for an up-and-coming athlete, they won't understand that. They won't have that frame of reference. It's like, oh, I understand now. No, it just that doesn't come easy. And I submit to you, too, if we're going to conduct a Twitter poll, then we're paying our administration way too much money. Sometimes you got to make the right decision. And the right decision isn't always popular. So, yeah, Doug Novak is still a candidate. He is. I still don't expect him to get the job. But I'm not going to rule him out. You know, what if some of these other people that we're talking to, say, oh, you know, Steve, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we want to go this direction. I do know that Carl Smesco, the former coach, excuse me, the current coach at Florida Gulf Coast University, is out. Shared that yesterday over on the jeanspage.com message boards. And it's amazing to me, you know, put that information out there, and then all of a sudden a lot of other people, well, I heard this. Well, oh, interesting. Why didn't you report it? Well, we did. And I think between Robbie Falk and I, we've got a pretty good handle on, on kind of how things are progressing right now. And if I had to make a guess today, I think there's a real chance that uh, the women's basketball hire, assuming it's not Doug Novak, is probably a name that hasn't been discussed much. And that's not a shot in the dark. I think there are some, some people out there, there are some names that uh, perhaps have been kind of held closer to the vest to protect them as candidates while we work through this process. I do believe, however, that things are very, very close. I was told that we would have a decision probably within a week, and maybe I didn't word that properly, you know, on Gene's page yesterday. It's like, we could make a hire this week, and it's like, oh, well, today's Thursday, Steve. Well, I don't, I don't know what day it is half the time. I just know where I have to be that day. But I would say that we are within, within a week of announcing a hire. Could be as early as Monday. Could leak out this weekend. Don't know. But it's probably a good time if you're interested in that sort of stuff to subscribe to jeanspage.com. It's 50% off right now of an annual subscription. And uh, Robbie has got his ears to the ground in this one. You know, we, we compare some notes. But uh, I talked to Robbie yesterday, Robbie Falk. He's our women's basketball uh, insider. And uh, you know, Robbie said it, you know, things have kind of gotten quiet as of late, which usually means that uh, – you know, the, you know, the smoke is burning. You know what I'm saying? It's beginning to billow out of the Bryan building. When things get quiet, it usually means a decision's been made or it's close to being made. And that's kind of, I think we kind of concur, you know, based on, uh, you know, kind of comparing notes a little bit that this thing is now reaching its conclusion. And uh, listen, I have read with great interest a lot of people supportive Doug Novak. And there are going to be some people that are going to be disappointed that it's not Doug. And that's fair. And it's sweet, too. I mean, it really is. I know that Doug has endeared himself to our fans in many respects. And I know that Doug is a guy that uh, would love to have the job. Uh, but that said, no matter our collective or varying opinions, 
What's best for Mississippi State is for all of us to get behind the new coach. Whether that be Doug Novak, whether that be somebody's name that you haven't heard. And and, and a lot of people are going to, well, who is this person? You know, um, and that's interesting too. You know, it's a lot of times we haven't done our research, we just go overreact. But the the reality of it is, is that it is time for us to have some stability within the program. It is time for us to have somebody that we believe is going to be here for several years that can implement their own recruiting plan, their own offensive and defensive structure, put a staff together uh, that is going to be committed to Mississippi State. We have had an unbelievable roller coaster, and much of it not our fault. And I mean that from an administrative standpoint and a fan base standpoint. You know, we still have some great fans that show up and cheer on these ladies, even though we, we really know we weren't playing for anything. We were playing for Mississippi State. And that was enough for you guys. You turned down and you supported them. I'll never forget the standing ovation after we lost to Florida. And Florida has proven to be a, a really good tournament team. But a lot of people look back and say, you know what, hey, you know, I respect the effort these ladies put together. And I commend you for that. But um, no matter which candidate you're pulling for, no matter which uh, coach that you think would be the best for Mississippi State, uh, after a couple days, you know, once we kind of absorb the reality of it all, it's time for us to put our opinions aside and get behind the new coach and get this program back to the NCAA tournament, back to hosting the first two rounds of the tournament, and back to the Final Four. We've had a taste of it, right? We miss it. It's like we didn't know how good it was to win the women's basketball until we did. And now it's like, well, I miss that. And then we won the NAFL championship in college baseball. And we're like, man, we came so close to winning it in basketball. I'd like to have that trophy too. I feel like all of you do. It was so much fun to be able to go to the hump. And, and I couldn't wait to get there. It was so much fun to watch because we expected to win every game. And then we did, just about with rare exception. We recruited at an extremely high level. You got excited about women's basketball recruiting. You never thought you'd say that, right? Oh, well, Steve, they've got this big, you know, five-star center coming in, you know, for a visit. You never thought it would mean so much to you. And so now that we've had that, we want to get back to that. And my personal opinion is, is that we need to go outside the program. We need some fresh energy. We need some fresh juice. And people say, oh, well, people are going to hit the portal. You can't make a decision based on that. You absolutely can't. Because you know what? Just as soon as players could leave, players can come. That's a two-way street. I don't think you ever make a decision based on one recruiting class or one roster. That's the thing about basketball. The rosters are so small. You know, basically, you know, they're players that you cheered for this year that you love that you didn't even know their name a year ago because they weren't here. So just as soon as guys and gals can leave, we can replace them with others. You know, next year is going to be another year in transition. It is. I think we take a step forward. Do we make tournament? Don't know. But I do know this. I do know that we need the right leader. No matter their gender, no matter their race, no matter their religious background, no matter if they are a Powerade person or a Gatorade person, no matter if they are you know, a Harvard grad or a junior college grad, makes a difference to me. I just want the best person for the job that is going to move Mississippi State 
back to a level that we can all be proud. And that's not to say that we weren't proud of the effort this year, but a banner-hanging program, and not the fake banners up the road. You know exactly what I mean. We're hanging draperies in Humphrey Coliseum regularly. That was a lot of fun to be a part of all that, and we want it back. And based on some names that I'm hearing, and I'm not ready to reveal those yet, I feel pretty confident we're going to be able to do that. Now, is, is it going to be, you know, some major name from some big power five school? It's not. It's not. But, I, again, I hear it's, it's imminent, and I think in the end you're going to be happy. And, and maybe you got to do a little research on your candidate. But the reality of it is, is it's time to bring this to a close to put this program in a positive direction once again that you all can be proud of. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody, too, that came out to Red Square and Ridge One yesterday. It was fabulous. A fabulous, fabulous, fabulous signing. I, I never knew what to expect. Uh, Jill reached out and asked, hey, why don't we do a signing at the store? Uh, never done one at a clothing store before. And uh, those ladies there hustled and texted their state friends and did work social media. We had a huge day. And a lot of you had never been in the store before, went in and bought merch from them, too. So thank you for doing that. Uh, I really like that little store. It's, uh, it's there in Ridgeland. Um, and again, it's Red Circle. You can Google that. It's um, just down the, the way there from Barnes & Noble. Uh, pretty amazing place, too. And uh, went, and had some, went around the corner, had some food. But uh, I support them, and uh, I support everybody that supports me. And uh, I had a great time. Uh, there at um, at Red Square, and I think I called them Red Circle because Red Circle's my um, another company that I'm affiliated with. But uh, Red Square, an outstanding place to go buy clothes. And uh, if you couldn't make it yesterday, uh, left several books, maybe eight or nine, I guess, that are signed. And so if you couldn't make it down there to see that to see Jill and them, uh, you can go by there today and get a signed book. And again, not just because you want the book, but because you're supporting. Uh, that business. And so if you're looking for books, I'm going to be honest with you, we are about out on the online website. So you can find Stark Villains. And I told you guys too, we're down to about 200-ish Stark Villains. And uh, probably not going to do another print this year. Alpha Dogs, we're right around 300-ish. So if you're looking to get those, you need to make a move sooner rather than later. Because as these book signings go, they they deplete. And then all of a sudden, you know, bookstores sell their stock out. Well, there, because what happens, a new book comes out, it pulls everything with it, right? Because like, oh, well, let me get Dogpot. Well, I never got this one. Let me complete my collection. So we're seeing a lot of orders from the bookstores too. So if you want to get Stark Villains or Alpha Dogs, you probably need to order those from dogpilethebook.com uh, or buy them in a local bookstore sooner rather than later because it's probably going to go out of print this year. Uh, maybe do a short run next year just to kind of put it, keep it in print, kind of be able to fill orders, but uh, no guarantee that we're going to do a big print again. So be mindful of that. And, of course, we'll, we'll be printing Dogpile. Uh, matter of fact, the second printing will be here late April, early May. So we'll be kind of pushing you guys towards our vendors. And uh, that reminds me, too, you know, of course, there's Lemuria Books there in Jackson, uh, Barnes & Noble there in Ridgeland. Uh, there is Lorelei Books there in Vicksburg. Uh, they have the book. Of course, locally, uh, Maroon and Company, The Lodge, Campus Bookmart, of course, Bookmart and Cafe, Liza Tai. Uh, there are a lot of people that have the book, you know, around the state. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for it, obviously, uh, they can find it for you. But uh, the reality of it is, is even when dogpiledbook.com inventory is depleted, which we're basically there, 
uh, you can order from Campus Book Mart. And guess what? Because they're Starkville, I went down there this week and personalized three books for them. So if you need personalization, you can always order through Campus Book Mart you know, through this time that uh, the dogpile, the book.com website is depleted of inventory. In addition to that, you can do the same thing with Book Martin Cafe. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, the only signing that I have this weekend, we had to reschedule Mossy Oak. Mossy Oak was scheduled for today, uh, but because of the game time change, we had to reschedule that. Uh, we'll have more on that uh, later. But uh, I will be in the morning. Uh, I will be at Campus Bookmark with Stan the Man. So you can come by with me and get an update on his medical condition and get some books. So on your way to the game, you got to go by and pick up some Mississippi State blankets or jackets or sweaters uh, or whatever. You can come by and see me and get signed copies of Dogpile. And they have all the other books, too. They even have Blooms of Oleander. So if you're looking for that, uh, come by and check us out. Uh, Stark Villains gear always available at StarkVillains.com. That's it for today. We'll see you at the Dude. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.